This podcast is brought to you by Artistry Lash and Brow Bar. Everything lashes and brows, including spray tan. Our number is 405-777-2329. Give us a call and we'll hook you up. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here at MM7 Sports Cards. Um, It is by far probably one of the best sports cards places in the country. Um, Me and my dad have been to a few, Las Vegas, Dallas, all over the area. And uh, the presentation in here is like a museum. Yeah, we'd like to welcome Jeff Holland. He and his brothers and son are owners of MM7. Jeff and I have been friends. I thought about this last night for, we're going to show our age, over 45 years, if not more, Um, since we're probably seven or eight, that's what I'm thinking. But um, we're great to have him here today, and we're just going to share a little bit about his, you know, the shop, and we'll get into the rest of our podcast, and welcome, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. This is a neat experience. Um, we, uh, we started MM7 in uh, August of 2019, and uh, my brothers, uh, my younger, two younger brothers, and then my son, um, it was kind of my middle brother's dream to, to do this. Um, I was an elementary principal uh, rolling along in a school, and um, I retired uh, that July before we opened the shop. My middle brother uh, runs an oil service company uh, here in Oklahoma City, and then my little brother worked. Uh, at that oil company, and then my son Caleb's a firefighter. So this is a neat thing. We've we've been collecting cards as brothers um, since we were probably early seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, we all three collected. Um, I kind of started it, and my brothers jumped in after me, and and uh, we traded and took our cards to school and traded with guys. And again, that was back in the early eighties. So. Me if I'm wrong, but I remember y'all's upstairs room. Is that where we yeah. used to bust the like cases of cards? Yeah. And of course, oh, yeah. we were all, I think all of us, I'm not sure, but I'm gonna, I think we were all Cincinnati Reds fan or Johnny Bench we fans. Were. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. We all would be stoked if we pulled a bench or, you know, Rose, Pete Rose or Seaver. any of the big red machine, oh, yeah. you know. And I remember that room back there just being full of cards. And oh, yeah. They were smart enough to keep them. And my dad was not so smart to clean out the attic and throw my cards away, but I remember all that. Yeah, we kept them. And and again, we had lots of kids come into the house and we traded cards. And, and again, that was Craig referring to the early eighties. So you're looking at, you know, the 80, 80, 81, 82, 83 boxes of wax where you get the gum and, you know, the tops boxes. And and we were, you know, had wads of gum in our mouth, but we were more excited about pulling a, you know, Ricky Henderson rookie or Ripken rookie or, um, you know, again, the Johnny Benches, the Pete Rose. Um, and so we all three collected, um, and even Craig and his brother. So it was kind of, it was kind of fun to collect with kids in the neighborhood. And then we'd put them in rubber bands or a shoe box or take yeah. them to school. And, and, uh, and that's the wrong thing to do. And that's now, the wrong right? thing to do now, uh, based on value. So it's kind of, it's kind of come full circle you know, with, uh, um, just collecting cards and back in those days, that's the junk wax era as it's known to known today. And, and we, uh, we collected a lot of that and we, we stored a lot of it in our attics and uh, kind of put it up and, and did the, you know, the high school ball. We all played baseball, all four of us and, and participated in sports and cards kind of went to the wayside and we put everything up and, and 
you know, with, with college and marriage and kids and life happens. And then all of a sudden, uh, my brother kind of gets an itch, my middle brother, and starts collecting um, pretty heavily uh, with some older vintage stuff. And my middle brother, Mike's always been into the vintage. Uh, we all had our favorite players. Mine was Vinch. Um, Mike's was the old stuff, the mantle, the Maris, that kind of the maze. Uh, Josh, my little brother, was Jeter and Trout now, and, and my son is a lot of the new stuff, and he's kind of he dove back into vintage with with my uh, middle brother. So again, we've all got our niche of cards and stuff we collect, and and so it, it's been fun. But we we basically decided Mike said, "Hey, let's open a card shop." Asked me when I could retire. Well, I was ready. <laughs> I had it 32 years in. Uh, Craig knows because Craig was yep. my loyal friend and business guy that we dealt with through school uh, pictures and stuff way back it was really a neat experience using him but um, it was time and it was right before COVID and so the timing was perfect we found a location here in Moore we're right off the highway um, real close um, to everything right right as you head into Norman or you head into Oklahoma City we're right in the middle and uh, so we've got a great location 3,500 square feet of Nothing but sports cards and memorabilia, baseball, football, basketball. We've got all the latest and the newest hobby wax. Um, we've got some of the older wax, the stuff we cracked as kids. Um, again, the junk wax era is the 80s, your late 80s, your 80, 84 to about 05. Um, you know, and a lot of that is your, your uh, Sammy Sosa, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, those guys that did all the the illegal stuff, um, they didn't help the card market. <laughs> Mark McGuire, um, their steroid use, and, and a lot of that stuff really burned the market. And plus the plus the just the the overproduction, mass production of all those cards. Any store yeah. you went to, yeah. you could find packages of cards at thirty five cents. So it's it's kind of a culture shock for dads to bring their sons in who lived during that era. Yeah. <laughs> they come in our shop and they're looking for that thirty five cent pack. And those Long packs gone. are now, yeah. <laughs> those the newer cards nowadays are, are, you know, they started about $5 a pack and the boxes aren't $12 a box. Um, they're two, $300 a box. Yeah. So it's just a different, different game now. And it, the market's huge. So and you, um, you actually worked at a card shop though, in your high school days I did. or college? I did. We, uh, my brothers and I, we met a, 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 a guy, uh, guy in his college years um and he lived in the neighborhood and he was having a garage sale and he had all his cards that he was selling and he had a vision of opening a card shop and he ended up opening that card shop and i was 16 and he opened home plate cards in dell city uh, which was on 29th street don hammond yep. and his wife his mom uh, Marilyn. they opened a card shop and i began working that shop after school every day i'd go over we'd get out of school about 2 30 mm -hmm. and i'd go work till seven o'clock at night every yep. day we'd travel to shows and so that's kind of how the card shop business started see that's one thing i did not know about you that you did do shows yes. i mean because i heard back then it was pretty big too back then shows were big um, my mom and dad took us all three of us to the nationals um in the early 80s which was in, in arlington texas wow. and so the lineup of autograph guys were mantle uh, DiMaggio, Banks, Gibson, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. Wow. They were all lined up. And we had all these baseballs with us. And we each, dad allotted us so much money to, to wait in line. And we each waited in line and got our got our respective autographs nice. of our favorite players. So kind of started there with, with the Nationals and the show circuit. And then 
working at the card shop, we were able to go to card shows even back in 80, that would have been 85, 84, 85. I was traveling to card shows with Don Hammond and it was in Wichita or Arkansas or Texas. They were smaller shows than what they are today, but you would see those cards. Yeah. You know, you'd see the Martin McGuire rookie card selling for a, you know, 150 bucks a card. Yeah. Back then it was, that was back pricey. then that was a big card. Yeah. So those were, those were big, big time days with lots of card shows. So, so when you talk about card shops and being expert, you've been there and done that yes. basically. So yes. I mean, if you're looking for an expert in this stuff, and I know the market's always changing and right. stuff, but I mean, for someone that has seen the market all the way through, that's, that's you guys right. here. Right. That and have been there and done that. And there were, there were major card shops in Oklahoma city that maybe your listeners would you know be familiar with. And home Blake cards in Dell city, you had uh, Roger Newfelt with sports memories over off Western uh, he also had a shop on 23rd Street in May over by the college. It was an old ha- house, and and uh, our parents would drop us off, give us our allowance. We'd go in, and it was kind of a two-story house, and you'd go in and you'd shop around for your cards. Hmm. And uh, But Roger was a good guy. Roger's still around. We still see Roger at shows, um, and he's probably close to the, in his 80s. I mean, okay. he's, he's up there, and but he still knows his cards, and he still, still, still you know, sells a lot of older vintage cards, but... Old ballpark, um, uh, old ballpark sports memories, home plate cards, uh, big leagues, um, all those card shops have been around a long time. They, a lot of them have since, since closed. Um, G&G, you had the dugout in Norman. Um, so a lot of the card shops, uh, again, were thriving right. pretty heavily back in the 80s. So there's there's quite a bit of competition. So are you, I think the story how Mike, because I, I used to go in Jeff's office a lot when I was in the school picture business and we would, you know, talk and, and I remember that I almost remember the exact, I can't tell you the exact date, but I remember, you know, the day that I walked in and he said, I'm done, I'm retiring. I was like, what? I mean, he came <laughs> out of nowhere. Cause he told me, yeah. I think he told me two weeks before that it was going to be two or three years from now yeah. before he retires. Yeah, then, then I walk in and he said, I'm retiring. So can you tell me a little bit about or tell our listeners about how, Mike wanted to get back in. It wasn't what had to do with the Nick uh, Nolan Ryan rookie it card did. or it something did. like that. It so. did. Um, Mike, Mike had always collected cards when we were growing up. We, you know, at first I started it and then I passed it down to Mike and Mike was big on vintage and he, he loved the older stuff, the the fifties and the sixties cards. And when Mike would get those cards, they wouldn't stay in his possession long. He would move them pretty quick. And whether he traded them on the playground or worked deals with his buddies and we were all in high school, junior high. And uh, so I kept my cards. Mike moved his cards pretty quick. You know, one, one day he'd come home, he'd have a, a Yaz rookie. One day he'd come home, he'd have a Mantle. It was just a, a matter of days where Mike would just move, move and trade cards. So here, here Mike is in uh, mid, mid-40s, let's be, be 46, 47. Um, he gets an itch, and he has a, he has a, a, a worker at his, rough, at his facility, his oil field, field facility, and and uh, needing a little money, and he ends up buying a Nolan Ryan, 68 Nolan Ryan, Jerry Kuzman rookie, um, off, a, off one of his employees who needed money for Christmas or something. And I think that rookie card sat on Mike's desk um, for a couple of weeks because um, he was so busy, and Mike stays pretty busy most, most times. But, um, so that card sat there, and uh, Mike started getting the fever. And so the fever 
went into, as Mike traveled around with his business, he also started stopping at card shops and sending stuff back to his office. <laughs> and so that he could open, uh, we call it crack. Right. Um, he can open or crack <laughs> and try to pull those, those stars of who we grew up with, you know, whether it was the old, old wax or the new wax or whatever. So again, the presentation to me in my office was, Hey, what do you got going on? You need to come see my office. Well, I was in total shock and awe as I walked in his office and it was full of, of some of the greatest collections yeah. and, and cards I'd ever seen. Um, this wasn't just your, your brother right. bedroom from the eighties. Right. This, yeah. this yeah. had definitely grown into a big time hobby. So it, again, it merged into, um, it got bigger and bigger, um, there at the oil office and, uh, and, and it was, that was fun. It was fun to go visit and, and see all that, but we knew, we knew we had to do something different. And that's why that, that was presented that, Hey, we need to, we need to open a card shop. We know how to do this. We've seen a ton of guys open card shops and do it, do it. We can do it. We can do it right. Uh, not that they didn't do it right, but we can right. change the vision a little bit. And that's kind of what we've done here. Did you know that the, the market was going to go to where it's at now? Cause I mean, when you first opened the store, we were coming in and like you said, it was, you know, a little bit of a shock when we first came mm -hmm. in, you know, at that time, the most expensive right. pack though was, or not the most expensive box was, you know, 200 bucks, you know, right, at the time. Right. Now that that box is, you know, $2,000. Right, right. Did you guys know that the new stuff was going to just take off and skyrocket like yeah. that? Or was it just a little bit of luck or? I think it was, or? I think it was both. I think we, we saw the market in 2019. Um, again, we didn't open until August of 2019, but there was a lot of planning that went in from January of 19 to the actual open date. So, um, we didn't expect um, for it to be this big so fast. Yeah. But again, we had traveled the shows. Mike had traveled to a lot of shops all across the nation and kind of felt the pulse of what's going on and said, okay, now's the time to jump in. Now, not knowing that COVID was going to hit. Right. Um, again, we opened August of 19 by, uh, what? 20, January, you know, January 20, of 20, 20. I forget yeah. when the Thunder game was, when yeah. all that went down, yeah. but boom, stopped. Everything halted for a second, and then it kind of revamped, mm -hmm. and it revamped more. We had already opened in August, so we had had, you know, a lot of, of course, a lot of new business, a lot of new people, a lot of people new into the, the card market, getting back, going into their garages, their attics, and finding all their cards, and, and then all of a sudden, COVID hits. And the world stops for just a little bit, and and we uh, we have to we take a second look, but we have to close for I think we closed for two or three months. Yeah, uh, we couldn't open based on all the businesses around the state, and but we were here because we were a shop, brick and mortar shop, and we were we were we still had a ton of stuff, and we were early in our our business, so we had, we had already amped up a ton of business from August to January, February of twenty, and as we moved into twenty. COVID, we started shipping all across the world. It was it was just insane. Of we started you know using the eBay platform, um, you know your Instagram, your Snap, all those social media platforms, mm -hmm. which that got that got big mm -hmm. during COVID because that's all you had. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that I think COVID maybe helped it a little bit because yeah. people got bored and yeah. got on the computer and it gave a huge boost. And and you know Zach was referring to to uh, you know the. Did we know it was going to happen this way? Well, 
we didn't know Luca was going to blow up. Right. Yeah. So in in nineteen when we opened, Luca Luca's a young rookie, mm-hmm. and he's just he's average rookie. I mean, you guys are mad fans, right? I know you say a little bit above a little bit above average, but it was so much a little bit above average. Yeah. That to four Oklahoma boys, he was in the let's make a deal box. Yeah. And that's a box where it's not a clearance box, but we have 30 cases. So we have all of our primo stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, when you, he wasn't one of our guys, we had, ah, let's pull Luca out. Mm-hmm. Instead, Luca was in a box, right? Hey, this is a common, right? Yeah. No, Luca's yeah. not a common, especially <laughs> yeah. not now. So yeah. we've learned a lot from that time to now. But again, those cards blew up. You know, the COVID, we end up opening back up. The card market explodes. The shows start happening again all mm-hmm. across the nation. Various spots. We're still selling online. A lot of stuff um, on the, I guess it'd be the East Coast, the New Yorks, the New Jersey. All that stuff still closed down. Those mm-hmm. are hot hot pockets for right. COVID. As you follow the COVID map, you kind of knew who would who would be buying your product. Yeah. Whether they're buying a Mickey Mantle card. We went through a ton of Mickey Mantle cards. Um, uh, you know, your older vintage stuff, guys that wanted just touch a touch a mantle card Mm -hmm. they've been stuck in their house and they were ordering you know packs of cards or it's individual cards right just buying everything through through ebay Um, so that was big and so it has since moved into now you've got all this new wax out you've got the new you know the new football the new basketball new you've got uh, racing stuff that's huge you've got wrestling stuff that's huge Mm -hmm. it's not back to the days of the the Batman and the, you know, the right. Jurassic parks and the Marvel and all yeah. this, that's not huge. It was way back. Yep. Um, but the other cards have really taken off and those are the major sports and, and then throw in some rest and racing and some wrestling stuff. And it's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. So, well, I was amazed when they opened this up cause Jeff told me they were going to open a shop up and I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be one of those <laughs> little ones I used to go into like Jeff worked at, you know, and then he told me where the location was, and I thought it was just still going to be one little section of the little strip mall. Not a little strip mall, but um, so I was amazed when I walked in. I walked in early when they were start just putting walls up, and I'd take a tour every once in a while as they kept going and building this thing. But, I mean, this place is, like Zach said earlier, this thing, this place is amazing. They're well organized. Um, I Like I said, I've I personally jumped back in it because I got – I think I jumped back in it in late 80s. I missed Jordan's rookie year by, I think, one. I think I got back in it in 87, 88. I used to, you know, and then I got my father-in-law involved when Tracy and I got married. I would literally, this is no joke, I would mow grass with my allergies, had customers, and I would turn around and spend that whole paycheck on, I can't remember the store, what it was called off of Western. They're off of 240 and Western over there. Yeah. And I used to blow my whole paycheck or money on on that store in there. Right. And I got my father-in-law blowing money. And then all of a sudden, what I was buying was just overproduced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got killed. And so when the shop opened back up, I thought, man, do I jump back in this or not? And and I'll admit it on this podcast, I have a, I have a little bit of a gambling problem <laughs> and loved, loved the casinos. But yeah. honestly, this this kept me out of the casinos and my son Zach can testify to this because mm-hmm. I started using my money on something that I have something in my hand to show for it. Right. I mean, I still go to the casino. Yes, but this place helped me 
honestly, to have something to show for my money instead of losing my rear end off at, right. at the casino. But Zach and I got into it, and, you know, like I said, we came up here and back then when it first opened, it was $200 for a prison basketball mm-hmm. box with Luca rookie in it that Zach and I wanted to grab. Yeah. So I think I uh, won. I hope my family's listening to this podcast now because my dad just admitted that he was addicted to casino. But two, I I struggled with that that same problem as an early age, and knowing that I have an addictive personality, I switched to sneakers right. so I could have something to show for it and stuff like that. And then I told my dad, I was like, I remember, I think I bought something from you before my dad did, mm-hmm. and as a gambler i was like you know what let's try this you know i was i believe it was a it's a jersey wasn't it no it was uh the first thing i bought was um man it was like a hundred dollar box it's one of the lower tier boxes now i can't okay. think and it was football because okay. i didn't think basketball was i mean, as a big basketball fan i didn't think basketball was going to be as popular you right know, it was football and so i called him i was like hey i just spent a hundred dollars at uh the, the shop and i'm opening these cards right and my dad's like a hundred dollars for cards because you know that shell shock of the right. people that were buying then i was like yeah and i opened it up and uh i don't think i got anything but the thrill of it i was like oh, yeah. let's do it again yeah. and then i think eventually he started coming up here and we started i mean we pulled the look of silver yeah we started yeah. pulling lots of prisms because prism at the time wasn't as expensive for you know, as it is now. Right. And uh, we just got hooked on finding the Luca. I mean, it was our Michael Jordan, you yeah, know, your adrenaline rush. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we're, we're videoing us pulling cards. Yeah. We're, yeah. you know, we're, we're doing it and cause we're superstitious. So we're doing it, you know, backwards. We're, we got one person standing in a bedroom, the other person standing <laughs> in the living room. Um, and oh, I, I want, I'm like being honest, like yeah. we, especially during COVID, with no sports and stuff. I mean, me and my dad relate to a lot of stuff, but that pulling the Lucas and stuff were, were great. But the experience I got to experience with my dad of oh, yeah. pulling those cards is something that, you know, never forget. we all will remember forever. Um, so yeah, I, I, I remember pulling it. I'm still trying to think of the brand. I'm looking over at the cards over there. Yeah. Um, I started with a C contenders, I think. Contenders. Yeah. yeah. I think Probably it was a contenders, contenders box. Yeah. yeah. And they're, then they're of, uh, certified. Certified? No, certified. certified. It was certified. Certified No, it was football was the first. Certified football was the first thing I bought. And I was like, I can see this being huge because of how the sneaker market is. Right. And then... That's a whole nother animal. Yeah. I mean, sneakers, we have guys that that call here all the time wanting to know if we have any sneakers. Yeah. And we we don't do sneakers, but we have people that come in and and you know they have autographed sneakers or they have a new pair of this and yeah of course i've got my couple of connections that i call first and, <laughs> and say hey this is what came through the shop we're not interested um so again it, it's not it's not something that's big here at the sports card shop but there are shops in the metro that, that yeah in sneakers and one thing big. too um a lot of which i think you guys have done really well on a lot of the sneaker stores because it's still that shell shock to people too mm-hmm. with sneaker stores they're like man, these shoes are going for $1,000 and they get bad reviews. Right. And yesterday when we were preparing for this podcast, I was like, I'm going to go, you know, look at the reviews real quick. Right. And you guys have great reviews right. for a company that people may not know about right. and they, they may stop in and they may just be like, right. it's over, even though it's not, I mean, you guys right. are right on the money with stuff. And, um, but that's a, that's a big part of our, it's another side of our company is 
our business is basically it's education. It's educating people uh, about the market. A lot of people do come through here and you guys have witnessed this. And if you're here today, you'll witness it today. But a lot of people do get their stuff out of their attic. They come in the shop with their, we're looking at three totes right now um, that I'll go through today. And if they collected in the eighties and the nineties, um, it's the junk wax era. It's the, it's the era that we could, we collected. And if you're in your forties or fifties, you collected the tops, Donruss and Fleer cards. You were, you chased the Jose Canseco's mm-hmm. and the Bo Jackson's and the McGuire's and the Sosa's and the Bonds. Um, you didn't chase the Marison Mantles and Yaz and Brock and but you didn't chase that group. You chased that. So that's what's in our attics. And so a lot of that stuff come to, comes to the shop. Right. We take the time to, to look at it. We educate the customer. Most of the time they leave and they understand that we're not going to purchase, but we, we got and direct them to Facebook marketplace or to Craigslist or somewhere where they can get rid of their cars. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time they just want quick cash and they want to get rid of their cars. Yeah. They don't want to hold on to them. They've held on to them for 30 years, right. 40 years, like we did. So it's a matter of, you know, most of the time they leave um, and they understand the lesson, you know, the lesson of, of what happened during the 80s yeah. and 90s. Every now and then, a bad review might hit. And it's because we didn't purchase those cars. Right. Because we told them something that they really didn't they want to hear. hear. Yep. Um, they thought Mark McGuire, yes, it did sell at one time for $180, yeah. $200, Jose Canseco. But at this time in the market, mm-hmm. it's less than a $10 card. So yeah, sometimes they leave upset, which that's, we just have to. Well, I mean, the times I've helped out here, you know, the few times I've helped you guys out here. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed it, and, but you know, I see how you guys handle customers and, you know, uh, it's, you guys do it very professionally. Um, that's our number one goal. We try to yeah, take care of exactly. Kids. And you guys do, I mean, you guys are fair. Um, people that don't, I mean, you, any store, I might be wrong, but any store you go to as far as sports card store, they'll, they'll listen to offers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just can't go off what their sticker price right. is sometimes. And, you know, they'll listen to an offer, but, um, but I love how you guys treat the kids, you know, I mean, just the whole, the whole ballpark here is just, I mean, it's an amazing store and I highly, highly recommend you guys come and check them out. I mean, cause it's. It's it's I've I've seen reviews too on on MM7 and some people say it's like a museum and, and it is I mean it, I mean it's it's just a cool place to come to. I think they have like a I think you guys have like a 4.9 like yeah. 4.8 out of yeah. five. And so. that, all that's great and it, at the end of the day I mean we just want to make sure we're doing we try to do what's right and we're honest and we're guys of character we try to take care of people we try to introduce kids to the hobby. Yeah, you know, I want I want kids that are walk in the door i want them to leave excited i want like we did when we walked in the old ballpark or sports memories or home plate you know we were excited to be there we left with something in our hands and we could hold on to whether we traded it you know a week later on the reese on playground or whatever it was still something we had and i want kids to have that same feeling um it's it's hard these days because the the cards are so expensive mm-hmm. so um it is an investment um, and there are some very, very intelligent. We've got great young customers that are eight to fifteen years old, and they, they come in doing. and they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and they know what their cards are worth, which is awesome to mm-hmm. see. Yeah, you know. And I encourage most of those kids to keep their cards. And I think it's cool that they're with their dads or their yeah. or their grandpa. Yeah, or you know, or mom. We've or, had some yeah, moms, or moms come in. Exactly. We've got an area where moms can sit down, and and the kids just kind of walk yeah. around and look at cards and. 
we've got kids that'll open a pack and then hand yeah. me the pack and say, will you buy my pack? And I've said, no, you've got a Justin Herbert. You hold on to the Justin Herbert right. or the CD Lamb or the yeah. Jay or the Luke, or you need to hold on to this card. And, yeah. and that's something that we've got to build with kids because, you know, instant gratification and, you know, want, wanting it now and, and, and let's move it and let's make a dime. No, hold on to it. Because right. that card, it's like a Mickey Mantle. I mean, that card 20, 30 years from now, I mean, what's a Mahomes going to do or a Herbert or a Luca or a Trey? What's that card going to be like 5, 10, 15 years from now? Yeah. I don't know, but it's worth holding on to. Yeah. I wish I would have held on to my Kobe Bryant. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Kobe. I had the one-on-one of Kobe. And, Kobe. And the basketball market hit big time after Jordan's documentary, The, the Last yeah. Dance. And, of course, Kobe's death. When that happened, the basketball market spiked again. The Zion craze, the jaw craze. Um, well, so, the Kobe, you know, yeah, I see it. Um, the, the Kobe is one of those deals that, you know, I sold it pretty cheap. And then yeah. Jeff sends me a text and I wanted to cuss him out because yeah. he was like, I'm sorry. wasn't this your card? And it sold for 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean this in a good way. This is, I didn't, you know, it, it took a tragic of Kobe dying. Yes. But, um, and that settled but, down a little bit. Yeah. But I was been gone a while, so the cards yeah. have leveled a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, Kobe. You know, I, I was kind of bummed on that, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. But the Jordan era, you know, dude, how much are those? I mean, back in '86, they were super cheap. '86 Fleer boxes back in the day were ten, twelve bucks a box. Wow. And when I ran the shop, we had them on the counter, and no one was messing with basketball in '86. Jordan was this overrated kid from North Carolina um, <laughs> that everybody wanted magic and bird and, you know, uh, Steve, you know, the other guy, Chris Mullen and, and Barkley and that, that other group, but all of a sudden Jordan explodes and we were all worried about trying to pull an 86 Donruss Jose Canseco, you know, he was the bigger <laughs> name and all of a sudden people forget about Jordan. Well, yeah. there were a lot of guys that didn't forget. They bought cases and cases of 86 Fleer and here we are, you know, 30 well, plus years I, later. And they're, I they're think I remember when I got back in it in 89, I think it was 89 or not. I think it was 89. I remember going to that shop and the boxes in 89 were jumped up to a hundred, I think hundred dollars yeah. a box. And I was like, I'm not paying a hundred dollars a box yeah. for a flare just to try to get a Michael Jordan rookie card. Now, in, how much are they now? Uh, in 2019, when we first opened the shop, um, we were able to purchase some boxes uh, in Chicago at the National uh, that we knew were certified and had had been untouched. And the box explain the certified part. When you certified means it's it's wrapped. You know, when you bought a wax a box of wax uh, from a card shop, most of the time it came out of a case. Well, a lot of those cards are wrapped. Those boxes are completely wrapped they're not wrapped then you can send them off to a company to be certified it means they have never been touched and so they they in bbc they they wrap them baseball card exchange they wrap them and they put their stamp and seal of approval so we were able to buy that box and you know yes it was very expensive it was uh, about 40 grand to buy one box that should have sold for $12 in 86 so, but that box, uh, we ended up cracking that box and had a great time as brothers and my son and my father and, and my nephews. And we just had a little get together in our hotel room and opened that box. And we came out of that box with, I think we had 
three or four Jordan rookies and a couple of Jordan stickers. The Barkley rookie, the Chris Mullen rookie, it was loaded. It was a loaded box of cards. And, you know, you, you um, feel pretty good about it. Now, a lot of those cards back in 86, quality control, and we see it some today, even 30 years later, a lot of those cards are miscut left to right, top to bottom. They're discolored a little bit. They might have some gum wax residue on the back. So that that takes down the value of the card. But at the end of the day, you still pull a Jordan. You should still pull a Jordan. Here it is, 2019 or 20, and you pull a Jordan from 1986. And that was the biggest card. And those those graded well, didn't they? The ones they graded pulled? pretty good, yeah. Yeah, they were... They were, they were, uh, that's a whole nother thing is you grade cards and, and the value of graded cards is, is much more, uh, you're going to profit more from a graded valued card than you would a raw card. Uh, everything's about condition. So there's a company in California called PSA. They grade cards. Um, there's Beckett in Texas. Um, so there's, there's some major card graders and there's some lower tier graders um, that a lot of people, you know, can't afford to spend the huge uh, grading money to grade through PSA or Beckett. So they use some other companies, which there's no problem with that. Um, at the end of the day, that some of those people just want their card slab. They want it in a, in a case where if they dropped it, nothing's going to happen to their Luca silver or whatever it is. So. so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but back in the day with Jordan cards and the flair, you're almost guaranteed a, a Jordan rookie, right? In, in, in a box. Yes. In a, in a box, most of the time, um, you're going to to get at least one Jordan rookie and a Jordan sticker. The stickers were on the back, and a lot of the stickers had gum residue on the back. Um, so it's it's a. So what else in the '86 that in that set is decent? And so you brought up Barkley and well, that Chris set's Mullins. 132 cards. There right. were only 132 players in the in the league. So who's second then? So your second card would be a Barkley rookie. Okay. Um, you, you're still pulling your Barclays, your Olajuwon rookie. Um, your, um, um, you've got your Bird, Bird sticker, Barkley, Olajuwon. price-wise from price, Jordan would Price-wise would be, it's Jordan and then way down, way it's down. Barkley. Yeah, okay. You know, Jordan's the key there. And, and, and again, as the craze, it's kind of like the Kobe craze, you know, and Kobe's card was an average price card, you know, after Kobe retired. It was it was going up gradually. At Kobe's death, the card spiked and went crazy. Everybody was going through their attic looking for all their Kobe's and all that stuff. And and uh, and so those cards went up. With Michael Jordan, same craze hit. When the last dance hit and you were able to watch 10 shows on Jordan, everybody's Jordans came out of the closet and they got them graded. And all of a sudden you had Jordan selling, you know, Gordon Jordan 10 selling for I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, which was crazy. Well, now that's down quite a bit. I mean, those are the first of all, they're hard to find tens, uh, eights and nines are hard enough just because of that. But it's just, it follows the craze, it follows the Zion craze, the Luca, that it's all in what a player does. And that's why it's so I try to tell kids, you know, you can, you can hold on to your, your Jordans, your Kobe's, they're done, they're finished, your birds, your LeBrons are still playing. And I, I try to teach kids that you've got to watch players. You've got to watch how they play the game. It's like because, a stock market. Yeah. And with them as the stock market, you've got to watch how they act. How do they act towards their fans? How do they act towards social media? How do they act on the court? A lot of that drives the price of their cards. Um, if they win or lose, if they're traded a bunch, 
James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, Durant. I mean, Durant's cards should be real high. It should be, but around here, he's not liked at all, which is understandable. He's a good player. Uh, so is Harden, so is Westbrook. But their cards are all over the place. And a lot of it is because of their actions towards what kids see on TV. I don't want to collect him because he acts like this. When LeBron tweets something stupid, mm-hmm. guess what happens? Mm-hmm. No one wants his card. Right. When he wins a championship, everybody wants his card. Yeah. There are guys that you know that are coming out of the Warriors and the the uh, Celtics. Everybody's wanting Jason Tatum, Mar- Marcus yeah. Smart. Where's yeah. Where's all your Steph Curry rookies? Well, we don't have Steph Curry rookies hanging around. Yeah, those are hard <laughs> to find. Why? Because yeah. Steph Curry's doing what's right. Yeah, he's playing ball. Keeps his mouth shut most of the time. Mm-hmm. He's playing. So that's what happens to cards. Baker Mayfield, same scenario in football. It's the same same deal. Yeah, and I, yeah, um, and I think going back a little bit to the Kobe and the Michael Jordan stuff, and the store, it was almost a perfect storm that hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you had you know yep. COVID. People are stuck at home. You have this documentary that comes out with uh, Jordan that everyone's gonna watch because we're all stuck at home doing nothing. And then so now everyone's like, oh, Michael Jordan rookie card. And mm-hmm. I remember when that was popular. I wonder what cards are doing today. And you guys were you guys were just right in the middle of yeah. that to where we had a, like I said, just a, a perfect storm of greatness. The of- National Convention July of, of 2019, we opened when we when we got back on a Sunday, we opened Monday. And yeah, we saw at the Nationals how big this could be because cards were crazy in 19 you think of the rookies that were out you, you know your Mahomes your 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 all the all the big guys that were doing well we saw them at the Nationals and it was like okay this is going to be big we better get ready so here we are 3 years later and it's still big so real quick on football who's the top dog right now top dog in a football and a card uh Outside. Not outside of vintage. Outside of Tom Brady, too. Outside, like, he's back, though. Didn't y'all hear? He's, yeah. He came out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, he's back, but he he's already kind of has his, like, legacy of, you know. I mean, everybody guy, has but. their has their guy they collect, you know. I mean. Um, so would it be Patrick Mahomes? or I, I would say it's it, cards. Football cards are driven by the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. It's strictly the quarterback. When the Cowboys were doing well and they were hot, I know that's a sore subject with you, Craig. But yeah, um, but when they're doing well, everybody wants Dak and they want CD, and they want Cooper, they want all the cards. But right. at the end of the day, it's what the quarterback does. It's what it's what Joe Burrow does. It's so what in football, Mahomes. would it go quarterback then what? Running back, quarterback, or receiver, or what? Quarterback probably running back, receiver. Right in that zone. Because I noticed. It's not lineman. It's not kicker. Man, it's I, not, I think I told, told you this the other day when I saw you that these, you know, everybody's going nuts on Parsons. And I'm thinking. He's a linebacker. Gonna, they're going to lose money. You know, yeah. I learned that lesson the hard way because I jumped on some defensive players too. And, right. You know, when you get a defensive player like Parsons for Dallas that is selling for ten grand, you better sell. I mean, right. if you get one like that. And well, if hold. he's your player, though. But, if he's your, your yeah, personal he's PC, PC yeah, player, then PC, yeah, you yeah. keep him. But quarterbacks drive the market um you're you, you know in, in basketball it's your it's your big tall guy scoring all the points your Giannis LeBron's your it's your it's your one or two studs per basketball team right football team you know it's, it's your quarterbacks it's your Herbert your Burroughs your Tua's your your Aaron Rodgers your Tom Brady's your you don't hear a whole lot about their running backs or the receivers now cards 
some cards, if they're signed or if they're gold or if they're out of five or whatever the story is, or they got a piece of their, of their, you know, batting glove or whatever their story is, whatever, if they've got, if they've got a piece of their, of their uniform, those cards can be worth quite a bit of money. Um, but again, quarterbacks drive the market uh, in football. So do you think that's why basketball and baseball do so well? Because you can really follow that individual player. There's not in both, in both, uh, sports there's right anyone can stick out you right know? so exactly. basketball you're, you're down anyone can have their day yeah and so yeah. you see that a lot with basketball i don't watch a lot of baseball so i can't contest to that right. but with basketball you see like that marcus marcus smart who has probably sat on everyone's shelves for right the last five years and now everyone's talking about him because he came defense player of the year he's shutting down steph right. and now everyone's like i want that card right and right. so like in, like you said you know with football, it's, it comes down to what your quarterback does. And I think that's what's so cool about basketball is that your guy, you can collect some money and you can hit on him. If mm-hmm. he just has a good, you know, seven games, mm-hmm. then that price just skyrockets. Right. I mean, and then it may go down, but if you hit that right, I mean, mm-hmm. but in football, you know, it's a little bit harder because there's just, there's too many people on the, well, there's the, the rosters, and, there's the rosters are loaded in football. You're talking, you know, there's, there's a roster of, you, you see how many players are on the sidelines. Yeah. You look at a basketball team. You look at the Warriors. There's maybe 15 suited up players on yeah. the bench, and that's it. Yeah. And nine and, people are going to be playing, and so. not all of them are going to play. Yeah. But somebody's going to have their day. It's not always going to be Curry. It's going to be somebody else that's yeah. going to shine. And and I mean, like for sudden, us, Jalen Brunson. Exactly. I mean, we had tons of Jalen Brunsons because we used to get ticks yeah. because we would we would do this thing where you slide the card to see who yeah. we got, and we'd see Dallas Mavericks. We because they. Jalen and Luca were the same draft. Yeah. And so we'd see Dallas Mavericks. We'd be like, oh, I see rookie. Oh, yeah. I see Dallas Mavericks. And then it'd be Jalen Brunson. And we'd be like, ah, oh. but now Jalen Brunson, I yeah. mean, is a, a star of his you, own and you, his prices have gone up. You'd call me about Jordan Poole. Yeah, I did. Jordan Poole all yeah. of a sudden goes off. I know. And you say, hey, you got any Jordan Pools? And I'm like, who's Jordan Poole? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing about basketball and baseball. You just got those guys that stick out because you're scoring points and you're hitting baseballs and, and football. Uh, the offense lineman's not going to stick out. Correct. You know, no matter how good of a year he has, or and, what and, good deeds he's done, yeah, he's not gonna, it's yeah. just not going to stick out. But in, in baseball, you got a guy that can catch fire and start hitting home runs, or a pitcher that's throwing no hitters, or in basketball, you got a guy that's now went from scoring ten points a game to scoring 15, 20 points a game. Exactly. And, and the price, like when it comes to the basketball and uh, baseball, I just see so much of like sneakers of a, a stock market because it literally just you can go up real quick and then if you don't catch it you can go down so you got these people like my dad who's got all these cards and jordan Poole goes off and he's he's in there do i have any jordan Poole? i'm pretty sure i did he starts yeah. pulling all these jordan Poole cards he's like well time to sell them and then you got the people that are buying them i mean well they're, they're buying them they're holding on to them yeah, and they're, they're hoping they're, that that streak just yeah. keeps going yeah yeah and um, we, we have a lot of customers that buy the young rookies and, and uh, hold on to them, and they also grade them. We're a PSA dealer, so we do a lot of grading. We send our cards to California. Uh, we charge a fee, and, and uh, my brother Josh packs them, insures them, sends them to California. We get them back in about 60 days through PSA. We've got a rep. and So you've got kids that come in with their Jordan Pools or with mm-hmm. their Cade Cunninghams or their LaMelo Balls or their players, and they want to get them slapped. They want to get them graded now because – they, they might be worth $50 now or $100, $200 now, but once they're graded, if they're graded at 10, and all of a sudden Jordan Poole explodes and becomes a big-time player, that card's now four or 500 bucks. Yeah. And so that kid wins big time. Well, he's you know, got it for three bucks anyway, but right. he's a winner. Yeah, so no doubt. 
All right, do we want to move on to some Sooner football? Yeah, I mean, we're watching Sooner baseball. Oh, no, that's Arkansas. Dang it, yeah, I thought I need, that was I need, Sooner. Yeah, we need to locate that. I was thinking that we were already up by two. <laughs> so, Sooner football, give us your opinion on the hire of Brent Venables. Sooner football. I, I'm, I'm excited about Sooner football. Um, all four of us, uh, including my father, uh, we've been lifelong Sooner fans. And, and so it's been, you know, it's been quite a run from – back in the days of Steve Davis to Thomas Lott to to Gundy, Aikman to Gundy to Jamel, to the whole group. We've seen it all. But it's different now. The The transfer portal's different. It's it's uh, it's sad to see the, the naming, image, likeness stuff go down. It's sad to see that, you know, um, all of it's taken over the NCAA football world. But I think at the end of the day, I think OU has the right coach. I think Brent Venable's win or lose is instilling values and character into his players. Um, you know, yes, I want him to win every game. I want him to win the big 12 and win the, you know, SEC in the future and win the national championship. But at the end of the day, I, I want to know that Brent Venables developed a quality young men and, and guys that, that go out and compete and do their very best. He's a coach. He's a player's coach. He's a good Christian man. So he's going to instill some values, um, you know, that, that the need to really come back to the program, and I'm excited to see what they do. Do I expect a Big 12 championship? What OU fan doesn't expect an OU championship? I mean, Big 12. I mean, it's it's something we all kind of – we know at the end of the day that's where well, we want to be. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You expect it, but – what do you what what's the reality ex- of it? What do you what's your reality for I mean what do you I mean I know it's early. That's why I was telling Zach on our last podcast, it's early. But what is your I mean, have you looked at the schedule? Have you have you like can you come up with the number, what the record, what you're thinking it might be, or because uh, I know Zach, he's always saying Big Twelve national championships every year, just like his uncle Tommy. But it's, I'm I'm it's <laughs> I mean not that I expect to win them every year. We should be competing for them every year. Correct. Um, no correct. matter who the the coach is, yes. Um, the program that we have installed here, we should be competing for. I don't even want to say Big Twelve championship every year. We should be competing for a national championship every year. Whether that's you know finishing in fifth, you know, where we just outside of the playoffs, or if we you know finished, you know, just right outside of it, or we're in the playoffs and we lose, like we should still be there and competing for it. Uh, and. I don't think that expectation should go down. That's what a lot of people are saying. You know, they're saying, let's, you know, the, let's bring our expectations down for an eight win season. That would be great. And I'm, I don't think that we should bring our expectations down. I think people have got caught up in the Brent Venables, you know, being the likable guy of coming back and we want him to do well, but, you know, give him a chance, give him some time. Yeah. Give him some time to instill his players and stuff like that. But Lincoln Riley, I mean, he took a lot of our players, with him but he still left a lot of players that want to be here and we still have athletes on the field so this year we shouldn't go down a lot i mean we should still compete for a a big 12 championship and a national championship right i think i think your games when you when you look at ou's schedule this year and even in the past of course this year we 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 go to nebraska i think that'll be a a tough tough game based on just Nebraska. I mean, isn't it cool play, that it's back though? Come oh on, yeah, man. oh yeah. That was and back in our days. I, I hope to be able to go to that game. I mean, that's yeah. that's a game that's that's one of those lifetime games that you hope to see in person yes. at least once in your lifetime. Yeah. I think you look at the Texas game uh, in October. No matter what the rankings are, you can throw it out the window. That's always a you know a toss up. Um, 
at Iowa State, Iowa State's tough. I, they play the coach, OU tough. The coach is that Campbell, I yeah. think is the name. Yeah. Matt Campbell does a great job. Um, Baylor's at home. We're at West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia, you never know. You never Especially know. If it's night at game. West Virginia, yeah. night game, who knows? Yeah. I, I hope it's not a night game. Right. Because they come out in droves. Yeah. And, and uh, then you end the season with OSU back in Norman. Um, you know, and OSU is tough. Gundy's got them playing well, which, I mean, we're Midwest City, Dell City guys. So we're, we're Gundy followers. And, and uh, uh, as an Eagle way back in the 80s, we were beat by Gundy, Mike and Kale. Uh, yeah. Quite a few times. Yeah. So you never could count out the Gundy boys. Therefore, you never can count out Oklahoma State there at the end. So do I expect a Big 12 championship? Yes. I think we'll be ranked high, um, higher than USC, of course. Um, but I, I see us maybe uh, maybe a couple losses. Okay. Two, three. So 10 and two. 10 and two. As of um, June. As of June. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I. That's I, about where I'm at. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, that's going to be a good season in my opinion. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I think that's a big <laughs> Zach, season. Zach's over here shaking Zach's his head. shaking so. his head. He wants it all. A, a two-loss season. When has a two-loss season ever been a good season for? Just, yeah, but if you've lived through the John Blake days and the Gary Gitt, you've been but through. That, yeah. I, I get that. That's 20 years ago. Yeah, but. We, uh, those I mean, hurt. You're, still you're doing a new quarterback, new offensive system, new coach. I mean, I just feel like a 10-2 and two season's not going to be bad if that happens. I'm not saying that. They have a chance at every one of those games, for sure. No doubt about it. They mm -hmm. have a chance to win every one of them. But there's some and tough games, though. There's I mean, some tough, tough road games. Nebraska, Texas, Iowa State, West Virginia, OSU. That's and five tough games. I don't care what you say. That Nebraska game is yeah. going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 could, it could be five losses. Yeah. I mean, I hope could, not. But I hope not, too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll lose we'll one of them, Zach. and you'll, you'll see my dad text us. <laughs> I'm going to post him, too. He'll text me, like, we're going to lose to this team, this team, this team. Lincoln Riley's not our coach, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Lincoln Riley is gone. He's <laughs> – yeah. yeah, let's uh, get yeah. over that. Yeah, how yeah, fast we're, are you going to turn on Brent Venables? Like I'm going to give Brent Venables time. <laughs> I think he deserves the time. And yeah. I, I agree with you. I listened to – I don't I don't know if you know who Sam Mays is. He was on do, yeah. The, yeah, the franchise. OSU Sam Mays. Yeah, yeah, OSU yeah. – uh, he has a great podcast too, yes. where he he talks to he, lately. He's been talking to OU players, families, uh, over recruiting and stuff like that. And he's asked him about Lincoln Riley, and of course, he's asked him about Brent Venables. And one of the big things about Brent Venables is how the parents talk about how what you were saying, the values that he's installing into them as you know young adults. He says, you know, and then they got I forgot what player they got on. It was one of our linebackers. Um, he got on there and he said, yeah, you know, he's preparing for us to, you know have a job after this if we don't have you know if we're not going to the nfl what are we going to do after this or you know we're, we're going to job interview school like we're taking lessons to mm -hmm. go to a job interview and sam Mays was like yeah when i was a player when you got done with if you didn't make it to the nfl you didn't you didn't know what <laughs> you didn't know how you didn't know how to do a job interview or whatever right. and, and he's a big like you said a big christian too and uh even if those kids aren't believers, there's great values that you can find out of the Bible to install in your life and be a better person. Right. And I think that he's doing great there. And if it, what he said, if you can you can build into their relationship and, and their soul, then they're going to come out and want to play for him. And hopefully that translates to the field. And right. I think it will. Um, he, I think he actually cares about them and, um, which is nice to see from, a, and I'm not saying Lincoln Riley didn't care about his players. I'm, I'm, he had probably had great relationships with them, 
but you got this guy that left you overnight and you, you bring a guy that wants to be there. Mm -hmm. and, and I hope that speaks volumes to, to the OU players and stuff like that and right. the staff that we had, but we'll switch to softball. We wow. are a wow. national championship again. Loaded. Back to back. Back to back. Um, Impressive. That's, what is that? Five straight, or not five straight, but five national championships for Natty Patty. Yeah. I think it's five. Okay. And, yeah, that was uh, incredible. It was fun to watch, man. Just seeing, I mean, my wife and daughter are not softball players nor followers, but just to sit with them two nights in a row and watch softball together, because most of the time I'm watching sports by myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. But to have, I mean, just think of that all across the nation. There were people glued to their TVs, trying to get tickets, trying to be involved. And, I mean, what an impressive, I mean, show of sports. I yeah. mean, that's got to be one of the best. I mean, I was able to take my mom for the first time. That was one of wow. her bucket lists, you know, and brought the granddaughter with us. And we lost that game when we told her she was done going since – they lost, but, but, you know, my mom was amazed. I mean, she's almost, she was in tears when I told her where we were going. And then when she got to the stadium, she was just like, um, you know, something little like that, that can bring, right. you know, this OU women's team, not only, you know, shows class, but, you know, like you said, they've, they brought families, in my opinion, they brought some families together that mm -hmm. don't watch sports, like you said, together. And, and they, they were just a fun team to watch. I mean, they really are. And they, they just flat out, you know, just incredible in my opinion, how they play and how they, they play as a team too. That's mm -hmm. one thing I loved about that team. And Patty just, she continues to reload. I was listening to the radio yesterday and they said she is the number one left-handed pitcher coming. Who's also the six. number one player. The number the, one player in the country. In, yeah, she's a pitcher, but she's also the number one, not just the yes, number one pitcher, but too. the number one player. Yes. Yeah, She is reloading yeah. for yeah. next year. So it's it's hard to make that team. If you look at their roster, it's California and Texas. Yeah. It's not Oklahoma girls. It's There's a couple, but it's it's California and Texas. She has, and the transfer portal helps. So it's, I look for them to be there again. Yep. I did. And then uh, real quick on Aloe, you're, you're a big baseball guy. And have you ever seen somebody swing the bat and hit like Aloe does? I mean, no. I, I got to give it up to my dad. And we had the conversation about Lauren Chamberlain versus Aloe. And I said that Lauren Chamberlain was there for the moment. You know, she was clutch. You know, down one run, she's going to hit a home run. And Aloe didn't have that clutch factor to me. Um, Aloe I, gets up on the plate in that World Series every every time she got up there and you're thinking she's hitting a home run exactly and you feel it every time yeah you're like and then as soon as it leaves the bat you're like that's gone right. <laughs> you know? right. there's no doubt about it and right I've, I've never seen someone in baseball or softball hit the ball like the way she does it's pretty impressive it's hard to compare her to a baseball player um but again you you you've got to remember that ball is coming in pretty quick yeah that mound is closer it's way closer yeah. yeah i mean it is close and you know she she's pretty selective on her pitches. Uh, when you we saw her strike out the other night, and she didn't like any of the pitches. She didn't yeah. she didn't see the one that she could drive out of the park. Um, tough though, and what a what a good good person. Yeah, and then so. we got about four minutes, so we'll switch to baseball, um, the sport that you like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. What what are you seeing with OU baseball? And I mean. I don't know if you followed them early. They had a lot of hype this year going mm -hmm. into the season, and then we didn't show a lot. We, right. we were kind losing to teams that we weren't supposed to lose to. Right. And then 
we finished the season winning five straight series in the Big 12, one of them being Texas Tech, and I believe the other one being OSU and possibly Texas, I think. Um, and then we run it all the way into the, the Big 12 championship. We do that, and then we don't get to host a regional, which I think was absolutely insane. And uh, we don't host a regional, and then we go win that regional, and now we're playing in the Super Regional with one game away from making the World Series. Yeah, uh, it's on right now. Right? Yeah, it's on right now. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have our TVs on. We're no. going <laughs> to hurry and turn this thing on. I, I, I'm impressed. I mean, I, I honestly can admit I didn't follow them early. I knew they were they were ranked pretty high, and I expected them to, to do well. I know that, you know, for me to say I didn't follow them, I know that they struggled to fill the stands there in Norman, which I know that's a big deal. And, and the girls were selling out their park at every game and – so I think that's something as Oklahomans we've got to we've got to work harder on because now we have a team that's in the super regionals, you know, that's has a chance to go to Omaha. It's pretty cool. One went away. Yeah. Hopefully they can get it done today. Yep. Well, Jeff, we appreciate you uh taking the time out to um help us out a little bit here and coming on. And so the trivia question I have for the the listeners out there, um well, you're tell, gonna tell them about the we're gonna do a twenty five dollar yeah. gift card to mm7 sports cards here more we're located at 2308 north broadway here in more as you head north uh out of uh out of norman we're right right there right before you get to oklahoma city um but man come by and see us we're gonna have a gift so card go follow away. them on facebook because you're yeah. gonna have to answer this trivia question on the facebook so what's your facebook mm7 sports cards okay on facebook yeah so make sure you go follow them on there and then you're gonna have to follow us on our podcast to answer the question too we so put the links on your yeah podcast so we have i have i think i have two trivia questions what year did mm7 open and month jeff said it on the podcast so you're gonna have to go on the podcast and listen real carefully and what year in month did mm7 open so you're gonna put that your answer on their Facebook page and on our uh, podcast page. And we will, everybody can answer it and we will have a drawing with all the right answers and we'll draw next Saturday. So give it a week. Um, I think we'll come back up here and we'll do a live video on yeah. your guys' Facebook. And we'll do one on our Facebook yeah. and draw it and we'll draw it live in, in house. And sounds um, good. So thank you for that. Thanks. For, yeah, uh, you're welcome. Thanks for letting me. There. And thanks for coming on, and uh, we appreciate you. And Thanks for letting me be a part of it. It was fun. So give us your info one more time. We are MM7 Sports Cards at 2308 North Broadway, 405-658-2114, open Monday through Saturday, 12 to 5. And I'm telling you guys, you need to check it out. It is a nice, nice shop. So Even like if you're not into cards, man, this is a, a – if you're into sports, this is not just a, a sports card. This is, you know, memorabilia – everything and it's like a museum in here so come check it out we got about 10 seconds so see ya peace out